Warning, the following podcast show that you're about to listen to will include explicit language and content in which you, the members of the audience, may find offensive. Audience discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the Kim Wang Podcast Experience. Yeah, boy. Where anything and everything is a subject matter on the show and no subject matter is ever taboo. Damn, that's what's up, my G. And now, your host with the most, Mr. Kim Wang. And aloha, ladies and gentlemen. How the heck are you? This is your boy, Kim Huang, which I am kind of conflicted to say the Asian sensation. Oh. <laughs> Rocking oh. another episode of the Kim Huang Podcast Experience. Uh, currently, right now, we are over at the KU Dungeon. That's right. It's over in Annapolis Junction, Maryland. Um, about, I want to say, um, about 25 minutes away from Annapolis, Maryland. Um, about maybe 30 to 35 minutes away from Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, it is a lovely day today. Um, it's a beautiful weekend, great weather. Uh, did not expect that our Baltimore Ravens took that ass whooping from uh, the Miami Dolphins at the last moment. But well, is that why I got so little points? I actually don't even have anybody from the Ravens on my <laughs> roster right now. <laughs> At least I don't think. I'd have to check, but I'd have to stop my live feed from TikTok. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's a good day. Um, real quick, uh, Hector is not here today, so he is on vacation. He got a little PTO. He said he was going to take a uh, vacation somewhere. I don't even know where that dude is, but Hector, if you're listening, we appreciate you and uh, hope all is well and that you're uh, enjoying that awesome vacation. For all I know, um, I think the last time you said that you wanted to take a day trip over to Philadelphia, and that's pretty cool because that's one of my favorite places. Uh, I am overdue for a visit hopefully by the end of the year i will come over there so we'll see anyways ladies and gentlemen i'm here uh i have an awesome guest who is a talented actor and not only that uh he is actually uh somebody who i consider a good friend um he is the other asian sensation i'll go with the <laughs> other that's fine that's fine just because it's you i'll go with the other asian i appreciate sensation. that so he's <laughs> A great guy, uh, talented actor. Uh, some may even call him a great humanitarian. All I know is that he is a guest here, and we are actually glad to have him. We have Nelson Greg Sason here at the Asian Sensation uh, Compound, a.k.a. the KU Dungeon, a.k.a. on the Kim Huang Podcast Experience. Clanging and banging. Clanging and banging. Nelson, it's good to have you here, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's been overdue. Like, it really has been. And I, I know that I had told myself that I need to get more, like, male actors here, you know, to kind of, you know, have a nice little balance of, you know, all the guests that I have on the show. Um, and especially, like, if I can get, like, Asian actors, that's, yeah. that, 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 that's you know, very important to me. So... I'm glad that you're like literally the first one. You are setting the trend, sir. You are now what we call the benchmark. I've always considered myself a trendsetter. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can dig it, man. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Um, I'm right. excited to know a little bit about uh, the history, about the man, the myth, the legend. So, um, you know, tell me what was like a, a young Nelson like back in the day? You know, was he, uh, was he really like an actor from the get-go? Was he an athlete? Was he more of like a... Was he a big social bug? Did he want to do like rock and roll and start his own band? What, what was he like? That young Nelson was a roller coaster. Some might say 
a hot mess. Uh-oh. <laughs> a hot mess. <laughs> at least, at least in high school. So I mean, I was. I guess I've always kind of been a little bit of an actor because um, if you consider the fact that you know, in elementary school. I never wanted to do my homework. Yep. So I really got good at lying, hiding my homework oh until boy. I got caught. But when I got caught, then you know it all came at once, and mm-hmm. I was got grounded so much. Ouch. <laughs> but I mean, outside of that, I mean, I in elementary school, middle school, um, I was pretty awkward. You know, um, I'm sure you could really identify with this a little bit. You know, I. I was the child of immigrants. My mom yep. moved here from the Philippines, um, and then she brought my uh, my older brother and my older sister over. Um, and then my mom met my dad in Jersey. If I would say, like, somewhere between 1979 and 1983, obviously, because I was born in '83. Okay. Okay. Um, and then you know. Uh, my mom and my brother and my uh, sister, they all moved down here to Virginia, well, da- a little south, or s- s- south of here, because okay. we, we primarily lived in Virginia. Okay. Uh, I have relatives here in Maryland. Um, I recently just moved to Maryland. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, would, I was always kind of like a shy kid, mm-hmm. um, a little awkward just because, you know, you have that clash of like, uh, you know, Values from the homeland, like I mean, it'd be a little bit different for you because you're you're not Filipino, you're what, Viet- Vietnamese. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a little bit different, but still kind of the same. Yeah. So you yeah. still got that those Asian values, and they don't, they kind of clash with uh, with American culture. Yeah. Um, so I had to, you know, I had to deal with that clashing of cultures. You know, some things I thought were normal, were, like kids that I went to school with are like, what is that? I don't know what that is. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, cool, whatever. Um, so, I, I mean, I really didn't start coming to my own until like the end of middle school and until high school. Right. Um, in middle school, uh, I did a little bit of track. So that was my dabble in sports. Uh, I did martial arts throughout, pr- primarily in middle school and then half of high school. Mm. Um, and then high school is when I started getting a lot more active. That uh, I. Uh, did uh, student government. Uh, that's when I actually discovered theater too. Okay. And I started making like friends that would end up being like lifelong friends for me. And they were helping me get out of my shell a lot. Yeah. And theater actually helped me with that too. You know, theater, I have, I have a good story about theater actually. Yeah, please. People tend to think it's, it's kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. So how I got into theater was just the oddest way possible. I was actually bamboozled by my best friend. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, beginning 11th beginning of 11th grade. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like the literally the first week. My my best friend Tyler had been doing theater for like the first like well, actually not the first 2 years. The year before, he had gotten to into theater. He okay, did sophomore year. Yeah, sophomore year. Yeah. So he did Little Shop of Horrors, which I really wish now that I had actually started <laughs> with him cuz I would have loved to have done Little Shop of Horrors. No, for sure. Uh, cuz that's a great show. No, for sure. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So 11th grade. So I'm in French class and then I like I noticed like most of like most of uh, people that were in my French class were in the previous like class before like this was like French two or three at this point okay um, I noticed we had a new girl right so she moved in she moved to Virginia from like North Dakota she was Mormon. oh man that's she random. was Mormon yeah I know that's a little, a little <laughs> random 
<laughs> I was like, oh, she's really cute. So I wanted to get her phone number, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm af it's after school, like the bell just rang for the final period. I'm trying to find Tyler. He's uh, auditioning for the, the play that semester. And like, I'm looking for him. He's like, Nelson, come here, come here. She's in here. You know what I walked into? I walked into fucking auditions for the fucking play. Wow. Am I, I, I allowed to look? Am I allowed to curse? Yeah, yeah. Go for okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Like I'll try not to curse, but you know. No, I, no. I'll, it, there's curse. no restrictions. Okay. Cool. Cool. So yeah, I walked right in there. I'm like, oh crap. And she's in there though too. Yeah. So she was doing. She was really into theater and everything. So yeah. So I got bamboozled. I walked in there. I'm like, oh man. I guess I'm in the play now. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, what was the first play? The first play was, um, it was The Addict. It was a, it was a collection of, uh, it was an, like one of those anthology plays, like a right. collection of stories, uh, and, you know, like don't do drugs. That's essentially, <laughs> that's essentially what the, the play was, because it's a collection of kids that got hooked on something or other and they had tragic ends. Yeah. Like the girl that I was into, like the, her story was that she was the star of, I didn't get a starring role yeah. back then because yeah. I was still brand new. Yeah. Um, she, her character ended up like going crazy and putting her eyes out with knitting needles. God. Yeah, I know. It was, it was, it was an intense play. <laughs> it's a very intense play. Wow. But, um, yeah, I mean, things didn't really work out with, with her. Um, you know, no hard feelings or nothing. That was, like, ages ago. But, you know, that's how I ended up with acting. Mm. And, you know, I was hooked ever since. Like, you I can, did it. You can literally say that if it wasn't for her, your acting cherry wouldn't have been popped. Yeah. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't know that, I don't know that I would have done theater if it wasn't for her. Right. And so I, wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't be on the tra trajectory that I'm at on right now. Right, right, right. It's like there's no way. I don't, I don't see how that would have happened. Mm. So. Yeah, I feel you. But, you know, going, going forward from high school up to college, you know, did you actually, at that point, did you feel like, okay, since I've done acting here, maybe I should try to step it up to the next level and see where I can go with this in a, in a university setting. That wasn't the plan. Um, at that point in time, uh, going from like high school to college, mm -hmm. and also, you know, September 11th happened my first semester of college. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> like yeah. my very first, so that kind of really, that made things kind of weird. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely didn't do theater the first semester. Mm. Um, but I was of the mindset of it would be very hard. I could see clear as day that how hard it would be as an Asian to try to pursue acting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't have like the stereotypical Asian mom that's like, oh, you're going to be a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer. Right. So yeah, my yeah. mom was always of, uh, you know, whatever. As long as my kids are happy, I'm cool with it. Okay. So, I mean... My, my career path, uh, you know, not considering acting as a full-time thing or as an actual path for me, I was going into graphic design, which I got my degree in graphic design, eventually, okay. um, which is a fantastic um, trade to be in. I'm going to call it a trade. Maybe career. Career path. It's a, it's a fantastic career that works uh, very well with trying to be an actor. Yeah. Because... You're getting trained 
to make all of the materials that you would need. Yeah. Like you, you, you'd have photography training, you'd have uh, photo editing training, you have, well, now uh, more so than ever, it's, you'll have uh, web training too. Mm -hmm. So what do actors need? Headshots. Right. Website. Right. Being able to do social media now as well. Right. Um, everything that you, all the tertiary things for acting that you would need, you're getting trained to do. Right. So, you know, in that, in that sense, you'd be able to save some money and have some control over your, your materials. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I saw way back then that it would be very, very difficult because there were, at that point in time, this is like 2001. Okay. Most people, and I did a sociology project on this too, which okay. was also disheartening. I never want oh, to go back to that particular thing again, <laughs> but I'm going to reference it now. Um, I'm going to reference part of it. So yeah, please, please. I did a, I did a survey. Uh, I'm not going to say what the first part was because that was disheartening. Okay. But the second part of it was uh, name a famous person um, of... A, white, a famous white person, a famous black person, a famous Asian person. Mm. I would say 99% of the people that we surveyed could only name Jackie Chan and Jet Li wow. as Asian male actors. Or just Asian, like a famous Asian man in general. You know, you'd have some outliers, like at that point in time, you'd like, oh, like, um... Oh, that one dude from China that played for the Wizards. Or, or, I can't. Or, I don't remember if it was the Wizards or not. Oh, uh, Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Yeah, yeah Yao yeah. Ming for the Rockets. Yeah, for the Rockets. I was like, was it for the Wizards? I don't think that's right. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You, like he had outliers at that point in time that they could name Yao Ming, and then one girl. And I was and I was shocked and like I didn't even know about him at that point. I wasn't. I wasn't very familiar with him at the time. Jin, the rapper. The rapper. Yeah. 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 He was actually uh, with Rough Riders at one point. Oh yeah, that was when he like just won, just signed with Rough Riders and just won uh, five weeks in a row on uh, Freestyle Friday on BET. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's and he right. was he was a sick rapper back then too. It was like he was he was definitely up and coming, but what for whatever reason, Kanye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he was the only one. Like he was he was like he was he should have been a like a bigger star than he actually was. Yeah. And I'll never understood what really happened with that. Well, you know, he, he was in uh, The Fast and the Furious Part 2. Yeah, he so. was also in The Man uh, with the Iron Fists, but that was way later. Yeah, that's right. That's, I keep on forgetting that. That's right. Yeah. Holy cow. That's when he kind of like, he was like, I'm done with rapping. <laughs> I'm surprised that nobody mentioned Bruce Lee. Um, I'm not, because with Bruce... You know, us growing up, yeah, uh, we definitely know, knew who Bruce Lee was. Yeah. But as a general public, he had been, it had been, what, seven years since, like, um, Dragon the Bruce Lee story, which yeah. really brought him back into prominence. Like, yeah. the 90s were weird because, you know, he's a legend, but he's also kind of a niche. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that they wouldn't have been able to, you know, name him because, you know, Who's fresh in the minds in 2001, 2002? Jet Li, Jackie Chan. That's right, yeah. So those guys were fresh. Like, not even John Cho. Oh! But that was, to be fair, that was right before Harold and Kumar, but it was prime for American Pie. Yeah. So, yeah. 
They might have known his face, but not known his like name. Like the, the only Asian guy in American Pie. I mean, you know, yeah. he sticks out. And they would have known him as MILF guy. Yeah, MILF guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> MILF guy number one. So, yeah, he didn't have a name. I, you know, in some cases, I really wish that John Cho would have nailed Stifler's mom. I, I think that would have been... That would have been the greatest thing ever. I mean, have you seen American Reunion? Yes, I have. Okay. I did like how he had his, his reconcile with his, his MILF buddy. And they're just chanting on freaking, um, was it Stifler nailing um, Shitbrick's mom? Yeah. Because I couldn't remember if it was the other way around or not. No, because uh, Shitbrick. Um, Shipbrick was actually nailing Stifler's, Stifler's mom, mom yeah. in the first one. First one. At, at, well, actually in all of them. Yeah, pretty much all of them. Yeah. yeah. I don't think in, in American Reunion, but... No, yeah. that was that was when Jim's dad actually got Stifler's mom. Oh, in, that's right. In the movie theater. Oh, oh well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I was man. like, go Jim's dad. Yeah. Go Jim's dad, yeah. My man. Go, go Eugene Levy. Yeah. Fantastic actor. Love yeah. Him. So, I mean, you know, first year of uh, college in 9-11, and obviously at the time you said that uh, acting wasn't in the cards. At what point, was there at any point in, in university life that acting was going to be a thing? Or you just said, you know what, screw it, I'm going to see what's out there? Well, I would say in 2004 I had my first brush with potentially doing it professionally. Mm -hmm. um, I was just off of, uh, I think it was Beauty and the Beast at uh, Nova Alexandria. Okay. Um, a good friend of mine and his girlfriend at the time, they were talking about moving out to California. Mm. And they asked me to go with them. Oh. Um, I, I, I had actually declined. But they actually did not make it out there either. Um, they had gotten engaged and then they broke up. And then uh, last I saw or heard the girl the the, the ex-girlfriend she moved out to california I, I don't know if she's actively pursuing acting because uh, i haven't i i've lost contact with her all contact with her mm. i mean because i was friends with you know with him with him yeah, yeah. with my buddy and you know it's, it's loyalty there it's like that didn't go as planned um i'm not gonna say either of them was the bad guy but you know um, it is what it is. It is what it is. The guy was my friend. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, uh, he gets me in the divorce. Mm. <laughs> um, and then I had another female friend from Rocky Horror, and I think she might have done uh, Beauty and the Beast too. Uh, she actually moved out to mm. California. Okay. Um, I could never get, I could never get an answer as to what happened with her in acting. Mm. All I know is one, one, one day she came back to visit she wasn't acting anymore. I'm like, she would never tell me. Wow. I never, I could never, I could never get an answer about it. I could never figure it out. I'm guessing that she had a rough go. Um, like I know that she was not she was background in Mission Impossible 3. Okay. She was in the parking lot when Tom Cruise was running through the parking lot, you know, doing that, that first big chase scene that he loves to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that she was background for that. And then, yeah, after that, it's like she never, I don't know that she told anybody why she stopped acting. And I just, I think that she probably had some bad experiences. Right. Uh, is my guess. Right. Um, Which usually is the case. Yeah. I mean, and plus I'm sure for her specifically, she probably had a hard time getting even auditions because she was, she was like 
five foot tall, maybe a little bit shorter than that. Mm -hmm. So she's she is a very specific category of casting that isn't you know, it doesn't lend itself well to a lot of other things, or at least in the view of casting directors. Well, they usually say that um, you know being an actor from where you're originally from and then trying to relocate to let's say Los Angeles, California to try to enter the big leagues. Um, it's a different world. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's a, di would, and it's a yeah. different ball game. Like, it's you hard. Know. Yeah. It's hard to just go from some place to a new place that has an even bigger like casting pool mm -hmm. and then just starting from scratch not knowing anybody. It's hard. I like I hear it all the time. Uh, you know, I I've heard of, you know, there there's some people that some mutuals that we might know um, that have gone out to California, come back, and then uh, they're in New York, and they've come back and gone back to New York. Mm. Um, my my um, my plan was always this: um, you know, do what I can in the D.C. area, mm -hmm. and then when the time is right, and I, I know the time is never actually right, but you know, when there's a time where I feel like I can make the move, mm -hmm. then go to New York. Right. And then do what I can in New York and then L.A. Okay. Um, I mean, with the goal being, you know, gain more momentum, gain more credits. You know, if I get to a point where I can join SAG and it be, you know, beneficial for me. Once I'm in SAG, that's when I can go out to, New, uh, to uh, like, L.A. Right. Because my, my whole um, opinion of it is if you're not at least SAG eligible there is no real point into going to LA. Yeah. Because you're just going to you're just going to add to the talent pool that's working at Starbucks or TGI Fridays, busing and making sure you have headshots on you at right. all times. Right. And just, you know, and then falling in with a bad crowd, you know, falling prey to addiction. I mean, it's the same old story all over and over again. You have that. And it's just like the 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 lucky few that actually can make make it in and get their break and meet the right people. And hopefully the machine doesn't chew them up. Right. Um, I feel like it's, it's more beneficial to just try to do, your, do as much as you can outside of LA. Um, and then the, the, the let's go to LA point is, you know, you get, you get into SAG. Yeah. And you, can, and you have something that you can show that because out like anything outside of SAG, they're not going to care from what I understand. Right. Um, of course, you know, having the right connections also helps too. Yeah. So. Now, for those that don't know what SAG means, it's a Screen Actors Guild. Um, it's basically a union. So basically, when you make it into the union, into SAG, uh, you get uh, more opportunities as an actor. Uh, at least that's what I'm, I was told. Now, for those that may not know how to get into SAG, do you know like just the basic concepts or basic rules of what one must do to get into the SAG world? I know some of it. Um, it may or may not be accurate now because some things have changed, some rules have changed from what I understand, but mm -hmm. uh, how I understand to get into SAG, um, you have to have this, uh, the right amount of credits and that being you get a voucher from a professional SAG um, project. Like say for me example, for example, uh, I have a few vouchers from back when House of Cards was still filming. Okay. Um, so you want to get like, I think three, 
vouchers, uh, eligible vouchers, because sometimes they're not eligible. Um, that's one way uh, to get your get into SAG. You have three vouchers, and then you're a must join after that point, mm -hmm. or they tell you you're a must join. Right. Um, the second way is what's called a Taft Hartley, and that's from what I understand, at least from my experience anyway. That's just like you're really very lucky. You're on a SAG project, and they need a specific role filled, and they pick you to fill that role. Mm. And since this is a SAG project and this is a speaking role, you um, that's a, a way to backdoor you win. It's like, okay, this person's going to fill this role. Uh, we are going to sign them up for SAG. Okay. So that's another way to do it. Um, uh, going back to the vouchers, um, what constitutes a, I'll say, a valid voucher uh, that's eligible for the you know the thing to get into SAG is you have to have speaking lines. You have to have lines of some sort, and it's a SAG project. Right. Like if you get upgraded, like say for for example, um, do you know Lamont Easter? Yeah. Okay. So like Lamont, he got he went from background one day um, to being upgraded to a regular on House of Cards. No way. Yeah. So he was cast, I believe. I think he was initially cast as a Secret Service agent guarding uh, Kevin Spacey's uh, present char character. I can't remember his name. Right, the, yeah. the president? The, or yeah, he was the president. Yeah. But since he was seen with Kevin Spacey, they had to keep bringing him back. Hmm. So he got upgraded to like a regular. So say he actually got to speak some lines. Because um, I don't remember, I, I stopped watching um, House of Cards after season three, which was the last time I showed up. Because mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I got tired of doing background. It was yeah. Well, it's 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 a rough job. It's a really rough job. Right. Um, so say he had lines, um, that would have made him SAG eligible. Mm. Um, so those were those are two traditional ways to get in. One the one way that I'm SAG eligible, which I have to look into that because I heard some of the the rules that might have changed with it. Um, you get onto a new media project. What's, what's, it's called a new media project, and that's anything like a web series, um, uh, an independent film, usually something to do with uh, online media consumption, like whether it's like a SAG, I don't know if they do SAG YouTube, but I'm sure there have been projects that are SAG that go onto YouTube. Right. Um, I was part of a web series that had SAG paperwork. Okay. So I, I, I even asked the director, I'm like, so filling out this paperwork, I see it says SAG after a new media on the top. Filling out this paperwork and seeing as how I actually speak in this project, mm -hmm. does this make me SAG eligible? And he assured me that he said yes, that yeah, it does. Um, I would actually have to contact SAG and um, you know, talk to somebody about that, uh, whether or not that's still valid or not. Okay. Because um, I, I hear that they've changed some of the rules for new media. I don't know exactly what those rules are. Right. Uh, so it might have changed what's eligible and what's not eligible. Right. Um, but once you become eligible, they would actually, they would, from what I understand, they contact you, and if you decide to go forward, um, the fee is actually uh, it's really up there. Yes. Uh, I it I believe it varies from region to region. Mm -hmm. um, but. 
from what I understand, at least for New York and the DC area, it's like three thousand and some change. Oh wow! And that's just to uh, to join. Then the union fees are much lower, but it's still like a cell phone bill or something like that. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, because I think the last time I heard, and this was years ago, so this is not accounting for any kind of inflation if it's still accurate or not. It, mm. it was like something like $150 a month or something like that. Right, right, right. So yeah, it's car payment, it's something something like that. It's not it's not as egregious as joining. Right. Um, but you know, being a union, you, you also get like healthcare and then you have benefits and there are certain rules that you, the projects that you are assigned to um, have to abide by. Right. Like all the SAG people have to eat first. Yeah. And you have inclement weather pay bumps and you have overtime pay bumps and you have you have silly things like <clears throat> like uh I was in the purge um election year the third one okay the one that was in DC the one that was in DC yeah I got a call midday while I was at my job I was like can you show up at this place in DC at nine o'clock I'm like yeah I can do that and so I wasn't SAG they didn't pay me SAG but I did get and I get, did get to experience kind of what it's like to be SAG because I got a bump in pay. There you go. Um, because they're like, hey, can we smear blood all over you? You get a bump in pay. I'm like, yeah, slather me up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's just like, just pour it, just dump, just dump the blood all over yeah. you. Yeah, like, pour some sugar on yeah, me, baby. <laughs> yeah, I was, because I mean, all I was doing for that shoot was I was playing a dead body on the side of the road. Hey, that's great. It was cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. very cold. Yeah. Um, the blood didn't help either, <laughs> even though it was just corn syrup. And then I drove home like that, too. Oh, geez. So I was lucky I never got pulled over. I was about to say, yeah. Because if, if got I pulled... got pulled over, I'd have to explain that. I'm like, oh, my God. Woo! I'm going to go to. <laughs> Sir, why are you covering the blood? I'm going to jail. Um, I'm going I to promise jail. you, it is not what you think it is. Here, it, have a, here, have a taste. Just, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a food it's corn, product. It's corn syrup. <laughs> oh, that would have been awful. But, um, Oh, we just, you know, I got sidetracked from that first question. So going back to um, what you were saying about um, when, when did I think to, that I could actually have a chance to pursue acting. Mm -hmm. So this was actually after college. Um, this was 2009. I got, I finally got, you know, a graphic design job. So right, I, right. I wasn't working retail anymore. But I, I retail like sucks. A, oh, retail sucks. It's, <laughs> it's awful, it's, especially now. Yeah. You look at you look at social media and you see all these Karens. I'm like, oh my god, I'd get I would get I would get arrested for punching out somebody because <laughs> like they were they were nowhere near as bad. Like we had like we had our Karens back in the day. Yeah, like they, they they've always existed. They just weren't called Karens. Yeah, but now it's like, oh my god, how did these people become adults and still throw temper tantrums the way they do? Like mm. it, it's literally like. A f like a four-year-old throwing a temper tantrum, like you took your can their candy away. Cause yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. But um, I, it was about 2009, 2010. Mm. You know, I'm in my 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 adult job, and I, I'm like, I found myself getting depressed. Like uh, mental health, mental health is very and a very a very important thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, I couldn't figure out why because I was doing everything. Like I did, I did everything that I set out to do. Like you know. I graduated college. It took a little bit longer um, than expected, just because you know senioritis is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you know when you when you're too lazy to do work and you get yourself on academic probation, 
college can be a struggle. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a little challenging. It's a little bit challenging, but I was able to get my bachelor's degree in graphic design, and I got a job. I was getting paid better than retail. <coughs> right. I, ideally, it wasn't the greatest, but it was, it was better than what I was getting. Yeah, for but sure. But I was depressed, like, and I couldn't figure out why. And, mm-hmm. I, and I just one day I just sat and thought, I'm like, okay, what is different now than what I had been doing before? Right. Like, what's different now than, than college? I'm not doing theater. So I set out to find some community theater to audition for after a string of really bad auditions. Like, because I, I was rusty and I just, I never really liked auditioning to begin with. It's just, it's such, it's such a dehumanizing thing. Yeah, it's very tedious. Yeah, it's very tedious and it can be very, like at, at worst, it's dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. You, you have what's called cattle calls and that's just like, oh. the name alone is just awful. It's cattle call, really? <laughs> All right, moo. Moo. With more feeling, moo. I'm an actor. <laughs> um, so, I, uh, yeah, I did a string of bad auditions, and then one night after my really my last bad audition, mm-hmm. I was auditioning for Rent, which would, if I could do theater again, that would be like my, that would be the one play that would get me to do theater again. Yeah. Um, my battery in my car dies. <clears throat> And uh, I got lucky. There was one. There was one last girl who was like, I guess, the last one out. And I was like, Hey, can I get a jump, please? My battery's dead. So I got a jump start from her, and we just got to talking. And she, and you know, we we're just talking, chit chatting about you know, acting and everything. And she asked me if I was a part of uh, Actors Center, which is a actors repository here in the D.C. area. Okay. Um, it's much like uh, casting. Um, it was like Central Casting, yep. uh, Dragging Up Connects, right. uh, Backstage.com, right. stuff like that. Right. Um, it's a yearly like repository that you you know you pay for. At the time, it was like sixty-five dollars. So I was like, I can afford sixty-five dollars a year, and that's when I started getting more um, more acting jobs that were outside of theater. Like, right. That was through a while. I was brand new to doing film and video and commercials and stuff like that. So yeah. I got got a couple a couple commercials. Met some people, and then it kind of snowballed from there. But what really got me thinking I can do this um, at the time, my best friend was also my roommate, uh, my best friend Tyler. He was a stand-up comedian. He's mm. he's retired now. He has a podcast of his own, and then he you know he just works a nine-to-five, and he's got a family. He settled down. Yeah. He made a he made a real go of it. Um, he and I had. Well, he had always talked about going to New York, which is, uh, it, honestly, that's like the next progression of what you want to do as a stand-up comedian. You get, you, you make your momentum, you, 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 you hone your craft, right. and then you have to move on to the next city to gain more ground in momentum yep. to get to where you want to go. Yep. Um, he got a lot of momentum here in D.C. He's, you know, he, was, he was known within, within the... Um, the stand-up comedian circles and the stand-up circuit around here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he talked about always, always talked about going to New York, and he was planning on it for a while. <clears throat> um, one day, I was watching this Netflix um, documentary with him. Mm. It was uh, I can't remember the name of the documentary, but it was about stand-up comedy. And then it was a lot of like they had a lot of heavy hitters at the time. You know, they, they definitely had Dave Chappelle for a little bit in there. 
uh, Wanda Sykes, Chris Rock, um, like people like that. Wow, that's like almost like the who's who. Yeah, it was definitely a who's who. And they, and they had some lower, like not lower, but like more up and coming act, um, comedians, which unfortunately it's been so long, I can't remember any of their names. Oh, that's all right. Um, but it was all, like they were all telling their stories about, you know, grinding and making their way and, you know, just like the opportunities that they didn't have that they are creating now for up and comers, which is always, it's always the case with people, you know, like groundbreaking, like people. Mm-hmm. Like if you're brave enough to go and make, and like go your path, you're making a way for others behind you to follow. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a lot hearing their stories and it was just like, it got me thinking, can I actually do this? Can I make a go of it? And then, you know, I sat and analyzed it. I'm like, okay, so what's different now? Um, Jackie Chan and Jet Li were still big names, but they weren't, you know, as active as they were. Mm-hmm. You had people coming up like John Cho and Daniel Day Kim. And then, of course, the guys from Fast and Furious. Yep. So you had all those guys. I'm like, okay. Well, they're getting roles that aren't the stereotypes. Right. Um, well, some of them were. <laughs> Technically, Jackie Chan and Jet Li made their career off of one of the Asian male stereotypes, which is the Kung Fu master. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the killing machine. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody from Fast and Furious was another, <laughs> was another Asian male stereotype, which is, you know, the street racing import tuner guy. Yeah. With, you know, throw in a couple sprinkles of other character traits like, oh, this guy does black market like Blu-ray players or some shit like that. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen the original Fast and Furious, but um, but you, you get what I'm saying. The, 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 there, are, there are three main Asian male stereotypes in, in film. Which in, are? Which are, you know, you got your Kung Fu master. Right. You got your nerdy, um, shy Asian tech support. Yeah. Who may or may not be off, fresh off the boat. And then you got your street racer. Well, don't forget the ones about the, the Asian doctors and the Asian people that actually work in restaurants. Okay, the restaurants I'll give you, but the doctors, I, you know, I don't remember seeing that often. Okay. Not, not as far as, like, film is concerned. Right. But, you know, yes, that is an Asian male stereotype. You know, a doctor, a lawyer. Like, but doctors and lawyers you didn't really see in film. At least I don't recall ever seeing that often. Not very often. Not very often. No, you're right about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure some of that was in, like, say, for example, Joy Luck Club, but I never saw Joy Luck Club. Oh, that was a good one. I, you know, I, I need love to go, Joy Luck I need to go Club, back yeah. and watch that. Like, I, I, it took me forever to watch um, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh. It took me forever. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> Like, I, but I also felt like I'm like, oh man, if I if I go any longer without seeing this movie, someone's gonna take my Asian card. No, there you go. <laughs> it's like you haven't seen it. Give me that. <laughs> no more like, fried rice for like, you. Like, oh, sorry, dag on, man. I didn't know. Wait, I know, right? Wait, wait. What is this? L- lot choy soy sauce? No. What about the Kikumans? No, oh. you get the you get the Americanized version. Oh man, <laughs> man, that stuff's really salty. <laughs> This doesn't taste like bulgogi. <laughs> so do you do you remember the very first, um, like, let's say, uh, acting uh, project that you did that was, like, in the local film scene of the Washington, D.C. area? Oh, what was that? Um, 
And do you remember like how you got it, like into it, like you know how you heard about okay, it? Okay, so I'm gonna go with my first gig outside of theater. Okay. So my first gig outside of theater was a commercial for uh, the American Parks Department. Um, it was a campaign called Picture Yourself in a Park. Mm. Uh, and all it really was, was, uh, and you can still see the commercial on YouTube actually. Um, it, what it was, was a, it was just a commercial, it was, it was a glorified, glorified slideshow mm. of picture. It was like people in various um, parks enjoying like nature and everything. Like right. And you know, you had a standard voiceover and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, so that was technically the first photo shoot I ever did because it wasn't actually acting. It was, it was for a commercial, but I wasn't doing anything really. So I had to pretend like me, my friend and his nephew were going on a hike. Right. But this was just like, this was just a studio. Yeah. Like it was just like a white infinity wall. Um, and um, us dressed up like we were hiking. And then, you know, when I finally saw the end result, it was really cool. They, you know, they composited like a national park. It, it actually kind of looked like the Grand Canyon a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that was my first gig outside of theater. But my first actual gig for acting uh, was uh, I did an episode of Who the Bleep Did I Marry? Uh, back when Investigation Discovery was still in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sirens Media was still here. And yeah, ever since, yeah, ever, ever since you know, Discovery left Maryland, uh, they were in, where are they? They were in uh, Silver Spring. Silver Spring, yeah, yeah. 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 They yeah, were in Silver Spring. Uh, then they moved to New York and they took Sirens with them, or Sirens tagged along with them, one of the two. Yeah. Um, they, they used to keep a lot of actors. Um, they, they used to keep a lot of actors in, in work. Yeah. Now it's, I don't even know what you're supposed to do if you're trying to do background, I guess call central casting. Um, they're kind of hard to work with sometimes. Just because they have, I guess they have a lot of people that yeah. they're, they're contacting with. So yeah. if you're not right for something, you're not right for something. So I get it, no, no hard feelings. But uh, yeah, I did an episode of Who the Bleep Did I Marry? Now that I think about it, it was, it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a messed up episode. So the episode was about Shelley Malil. I don't know if you know who that is. No, I don't. He was an Indian actor, an actor of Indian descent, I okay. believe. He was in the original Wazap uh, Budweiser commercials. Oh, no kidding. And he was, but you'll know him as the one Indian guy in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. He was the guy out back smoking, and it's like, hey, hey, no cursing, I got a family. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, I, I'm pretty sure he's still in jail. Oh, God. <laughs> so he had a, um, he basically went crazy. Uh, he, he got, he was like insanely jealous with his girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And he went to jail for accidentally, I don't know if anybody can hear it, I did air quotes, accidentally stabbing his girlfriend, ex girlfriend, 23 times. Oh, God. Yeah. It Ooh. was, uh, it was a crazy story, and like the clips that they showed from the uh, from the trial, like I'm, they made him look insane. Um, but I played the neighbor uh, that saved the girl's life because she's still alive. Right. Um, and when we were filming that, it was that was a rough shoot by itself because uh, we were in I want to say Rockville, okay, like in one of the nice neighborhoods in Rockville. Yeah. And it was the middle of February. 
Oh. And cold I felt season. it was cold, but I felt really bad for the guy playing Shelly Malil in the reenactment. Oh. For because that night we had to pretend this was Southern California. Oh God. And but it was the middle of February. In, <laughs> Rock in Rockville, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. So I was hard. I was I was dressed normally on the other side of the fence, waiting to pop my head over, and uh, with my like in between takes, I had my pea coat on. He had nothing but a backwards hat and gym shorts. God damn. Yeah, man. Because it was and the temperature was dropping. I didn't. I wasn't wrapped until like maybe like I want to say eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were still going, and I'm like, I felt so bad for that guy because it was just like, he didn't even have socks. Oh, God. he didn't even have socks. And you know, and I all I could think is like, wow, Shelly Malil, you lost your goddamn mind. <laughs> Good for you, dude. Yeah, Good stabbing for you. your stabbing your ex girlfriend 23 times. It oh was just, boy, it was ridiculous. And then there was one clip I remember seeing when I actually saw the episode. Right. Um, there was one clip of him in the. Um, in the courtroom, and they never really, they never referenced it again, and they never explained it, but it was like going to the commercial break. It was him in the courtroom with the knife, spinning it like doing figure eights. Jeez. Kind of like the nunchuck training that oh, we were doing. Oh, man. <laughs> like with, with like a kitchen knife, like a big ass kitchen good, knife. Good, good job there, Michelangelo. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, please tell me they're gonna tell us about this. They, they, they gotta show it again. Oh God. They gotta show it again. They never referenced it again. Oh man, it was sad. It was a, it was, it was disappointing because I wanted to know what he had to say about doing figure eights with a kitchen knife, right, in the court. I'm like, oh my god. They, they threw that in there just to make him look extra crazy. <laughs> well, being from an actor then, till now, obviously that means that throughout the years, I mean, you have quite a lot of experience. Yes. So, um, do you think that there is like you know one project? Um, you know, at least in the local, um, you know, in the local DMV film world that, you know, you, there's like a project that you were like, man, that's, that's the one project that I really had a good time with and, and I had a really good experience. Well, I mean, I honestly, I've had a few of those. At least I'm lucky enough to have, to have had a few of those, at least in my opinion, I think of those like that. Like, um, there have been some, uh, it's funny. I did three one-minute shorts, okay. not in, but like they weren't actually all related. Like, I did a one-minute short for a, like these were all for the same film festival. Okay, it's a, it was an online film festival. It's like a one-minute short, and the as far as I could understand or can remember was the only um, criteria you had to meet was can't go over one minute. Oh wow! So and so you could do whatever you want. Um, How does one make a, a one-minute short? That, that seems impossible. Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It, it, it's not really. You, you, just have to, you just have to be very precise mm. with your story, and you have to have good enough actors to pull it off. Mm. So, like, the first one I did was, um, it was called, um, I believe it was called Gym Membership. And it, it was essentially, it ended up being like a play on Saul. Oh, wow. So I woke up in like a warehouse and I was like handcuffed to a chair and gagged. And then you hear like a, like a, like a, one of those automated, like, um, 
automated assistant voices like a Siri or an Alexa or something like that, mm -hmm. say, um, telling me that, all right, I have to work out for like, I have to like dance for like 30 minutes or 30 seconds or my balls will get zapped. And then you, you, you see the camera pan down and you have like uh, jumper cables hooked up to my, my balls, mm. essentially. Oh, <laughs> I mean, they weren't actually hooked up to my balls, right. obviously. Right, but, right. But you know, they were, they were clipped to the pants in that area. It was like the insinuation. Yeah, and then I just, I, I danced. Like I was doing the stanky leg. <laughs> and, and I was just dancing with my hands handcuffed behind my wrist, which those handcuffs suck. Ouch. And on top of that, it was connected through a chair, like a steel chair. Mm -hmm. So that made <laughs> it even worse. Um, but yeah, I was just doing whatever dance I could. And then, you know, you had like um, feature shots, like a close up shot of my face, like the sweat dripping off my brow. Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, you pan away, you know, I'm, you see like the outside of the warehouse and there's like um, gym membership or something, whatever the name was. I can't remember the exact name. Right, right. But yeah, like you do, you have to do it very, you have to be very concise on what you're trying to show and keeping in mind that you have only one minute. Right. But you know, you can shoot a lot. There was actually supposed to be an extended cut because there was another, there was another actor there. Mm. And that one was actually, a very interesting story because that one this is okay so now i have a story about professionalism <laughs> oh there you hey, go for it man you know so yeah i've always i'm always trying my best to be as professional as possible on set for sure yeah because you know i want to i want my work to speak for itself and i don't want my antics to speak for me yeah um you know i don't want anyone to ever think that i'm you know, some sort of diva or, you know, or I'm some sort of hack or whatever, yeah. whatever. I, yeah. But I also don't particularly, you know, I don't, if you, if you don't like me for whatever reason, I don't particularly care. Right. It's, it is what it is. Like, I got, I got nothing against you. And even if I do, I'm just, it's whatever. I don't particularly care about, you know, if you have a bad opinion of me and you have a bad opinion of me, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't, you know, affect my life. So the story was actually supposed to be something completely different. Mm. than what it ended up being. Yeah. So I get to uh, the shoot location at call time, um, which to me, I was 15 minutes late. <laughs> because, <Oops>. because <laughs> No, because I arrived at call time instead of 15 minutes late. Okay. Or instead, of, instead of 15 minutes yeah, early. Early, right. Yeah. Because, to me, and that's something I learned in theater, it's like if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. Yeah. And it, it, it's sometimes that makes me too early for things, but it, it, whatever. Um, so I get there, and the director's like, hey, Nelson, how you doing? How you, how's, how's it going? Hey, go, go ahead and go inside and grab something to eat. I, I got to talk to you for a second um, when I get inside. So, you know, I grab something to eat and talking with, you know, the people that are there. Um, uh, you know, it's just crew and, you know, because um, this was filmed at uh, a mutual friend's house. Okay. Um, so the director comes in, and he's like, hey. So uh, we, got, uh, we got a little bit of a problem. Uh, you know the other actor that was supposed to be in this, um, this skit? He called out. He called out at call time. He what? sent an email, basically right as I got there, that he wasn't showing up. And it, this, is, this is the messed up part, because it's one of those things where it's like, the original script was like, supposed to be like dark comedy. It was kind of, I understand people not being comfortable with the subject matter of the original script. I don't exactly remember 
what the original script was. I just remember there was there was some acts in there that would have been questionable, mm-hmm. and I could see how that could make someone feel uncomfortable. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, backtrack to like earlier that week because we were filming on a Saturday. Uh, the director was uh, telling me that he had uh, he was in contact constantly with the guy, and he, every time he talked to me, he's like, "Are you sure you're okay with this? I know this is a this is an intense script, and I just want to make sure you're comfortable with everything that's going on." Right. And uh, yeah, every like every time he had spoken with him that week, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there." Cut to that Saturday at three o'clock in the afternoon at call time. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna be able to make it. I'm not comfortable with the subject matter of the script. Bro, really? Wow. Really? You not realize how small the community, the acting community is in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area? Right. If we don't know someone directly, we know someone that knows somebody. Yeah. And news travels fast. Like the next day, it was funny. Like I was uh, having lunch lunch with um, Kevin Lee. Okay. Um, and I showed him, I told him what happened, and I showed him the dude's headshot because like, because I didn't know the guy personally, but um, the director had sent it to me, like mm. his headshot, this is the guy. I showed it to, I showed it to Kevin, he's like, oh, I know that guy. He's not getting cast in any of my shit anymore. Oh man. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, and I got that ball rolling. I don't know how that guy's doing now. You know, it, it, it is what it is, but. Well, per, you are correct that, you know, professionalism yeah. goes a long way. It's not like I personally was like, I'm going to get this guy blackballed. I right. was showing my friend, right. the guy, and he's like, oh, I know that guy. Right. Well, I'm not casting, if, like, he's not reliable. Well, here's the thing. It's like, you know, go, building up uh, upon that, it's like, you know, it, you know, you have to be professional because, you know, it is the proper, you know, rules of engagement and decorum mm. as an actor. Yeah. You know, an example, you know. You get casted into something, you know, and you're offered that role and you accept it. You have to understand that at that point you are uh, responsible and uh, um, liable for everything that happens because, you know, you now are in a project. You know, you now have to commit. You have to uh, go to uh, certain rehearsals if need oh, yeah, be, you know, script yeah. rehearsals and actual, uh, you know, uh, physical rehearsals. Yeah. And if, depending on the genre, like let's say, for example, if it's an action, uh, you know, film, mm-hmm. you have to come uh, to all of the uh, uh, rehearsals of like, you know, fight choreography yeah. and, and, and stunt work and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you are one of those guys that are just like, you know, the new kid on the block, <laughs> you know, and you're just doing this, that and everything, yeah. and you're not doing your homework and you're kind of mm-hmm. throwing that opportunity away, what makes you think that uh, you might be above the law? People will know about this stuff, like you said. Yeah. People will talk about this stuff. Oh, yeah. And once your name gets, like, you know, thrown out there, and yeah. mind you, it, it is a small community where we're at, mm. but, you know, people talk. Yeah, people, people talk. And people yeah. know. Exactly. So, you know. And, it, e- and even if it's a small community, there are people that know other people that lead to a bigger community. Correct. Yeah, like, there, you know, if you know the right people, you really can, you know, you can come from D.C. and just break out. Yeah. It's, it's not unheard of. Like, like, look at Batista, for example. Granted, he went, a, he went an interesting route. He went through professional wrestling. Yeah. But even still, he came from this area. And then you can, I mean, if you look it up, there are so many actors and actresses that came out of just Virginia alone. Yeah. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, that's um, right. 
the dude from uh, Eastbound and Down. Uh, I'm blanking on his name for right, for the moment. Uh, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Danny McBride came from like Manassas. That's what I heard. Yeah, and then, even um, like um, Patton Oswalt. Pat, yeah, Oswalt. Yeah. yeah, and um, I was going to say um, Edward Norton. He came from Columbia, Maryland. Did he really? Yes, sir. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. It's funny because I actually just saw like an, a random article the other day, like actors you didn't know came from like Virginia. Yeah. And then there were a few that I didn't know, but most of them I did know. Yeah. Because uh, like they were big names. Yeah. But like some of them, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then and then I sat there at the end of the video. I'm like, they didn't say Chris Brown, but he's not really an actor. <laughs> he's done movies. <laughs> right. He's, he's done, done movies. movies. So yeah. He, he's technically an actor. Yeah. But you know, I was just like, it, it, I'm like. I didn't say Chris Brown. I don't know why that was the takeaway. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh well, whatever. He, he he doesn't need to be in that article. He has enough money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. So, currently, right now, uh, you are in a uh, movie short uh, called Scrolls of Honor, which yes. I also am in as well, and. Um, you know that that was that, that was kind of an interesting situation there because um, I referred you to that. I refer- yes. I well, re- yes, you referred me, but I also hear it was a little. There was a little bit of indirect uh, contact from Kevin Lee because mm-hmm. I was talking with Kevin Lee about the project, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I told <laughs> told Kim to hit you up." And I was like, "Oh." Well, thank you for that. <laughs> right, right. But yes, you did. You did refer me. Yes, uh, but I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> now, is this like the first like movie ever where one you're actually doing like uh, you're actually doing like action in terms of martial arts? Two, that you actually play a villain, and most importantly, number three, that the cast in this project is pretty much like ninety nine percent Asian. Okay, so <clears throat> this is not the technically this is not the first project I've done where I've done martial arts. Okay. Technically, because I did do a samurai film for uh, it was a short it was a short student film for these guys at um, Art Institute of Washington. Okay. They they put out a casting on Actors Center for actors, uh, and um, they their their senior project was a samurai film, like a period piece. Right. Uh, which that one was a really cool. That was a really cool project to do. Um, so technically, I did do some sword fighting because, like, I did. There was a sword fight. Um, the cho- uh, choreographing didn't happen till the day of that fight scene, so it was kind of simple. Right. Um, but it looks great if you ignore the fact that if you're looking hard enough, you can see the swords are fake. Right. Um, I, at that time, I was down for using real swords. In hindsight, I'm like, <laughs> no, that would have been a horrible idea. Yeah. I'd have hurt somebody. <laughs> I, if it wasn't myself, I would have hurt somebody. Right. But yeah, that was that was the first um, film I did that had uh, fight choreography. Okay. This is the first film where I have gotten to play the villain. Okay. And I'm so excited for that. Okay. So excited because I wanted to play a villain for a long time now. Right. I've actually wanted to get into voice acting, and I would love to play like a like I would love to play like a Saturday morning cartoon villain. Mm-hmm. You know, just to throw out like a maniacal laugh every like episode or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, this is the first time I've gotten to play a, um, a villain. As for the cast being predominantly Asian, 
you said like what? Yeah, I'd say 90%. Yeah, um, I, I thought 99. Yeah, 99%. Yeah, 99%. Technically, no. I still got to go back to Junshi. The, uh, the, um, that was the name of the samurai film I did. Okay. However, I'm going to put an asterisk next, next to it because there was literally... There's literally four actors in it. Okay. So this cast is much bigger. Right. Um, but that cast would have been 99.5% Asian because um, in that was me, the, um, the main samurai, the hero. Right. There was the, uh, the bounty hunter that was coming to get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he was actually, he was Filipino. He looks more Filipino than I do because he, he was a darker skinned Filipino. Okay. So he has the darker complexion than I do. Right, right, right. Um, the girl who played my wife, she was, I think she might have been, what, if I, her last name was Lin, L-I-N. What nationality do you think I that is? I almost think that's Chinese. Okay, so I'm going to go Because I'm thinking like, you know, because Jer- Jeremy Lin from the NBA is half Chinese. Okay. So I'm going to go with Chinese. Oh. So she was, she was more than likely Chinese. Uh, and then I had, there was a kid who played my son. He was he was mixed. He was like half Asian, half white. Okay. So I'd always on set. I'd always make the, the joke that that ain't my son. <laughs> you, you sleeping with Sasuke the milkman? Who is oh, this? This is no, not my sir, son. No. This is not my son. Look no. at look at this guaylo. <laughs> Our favorite word. Our in, favorite in, word is guaylo. Guaylo. <laughs> I say it so many times in this new in this new look, uh, production. It, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for this production, I wouldn't have said it as much. The only time that I would ever say it. Was when you're watching Bru- Dragon Bru- the Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee story? story? Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. the only time I ever heard it. It's like Guaylo. <laughs> it's a Mogwai. <laughs> oh, jeez. Now that's the wrong species. Right that's there. the wrong species. Right? Don't yeah. feed them after midnight. Yeah, Guaylos get don't, they get cranky. Man, don't 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 put them out in that bright light. <laughs> bright light. Don't get, don't get them wet. Don't get them wet either. <laughs> no. Damn Guaylo. That's how they spread. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. Oh, oh man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean this this would be. It, I guess it would be a tie. Right. Because um, this is a much bigger cast. I've, this is the first production I've done uh, with such a large cast that is predominantly Asian. Okay. So I would say th- that's the caveat. If you can touch up with whatever you know or whatever information you can give, um, what is the character that you're playing? What is his role? And what is the plot of the movie? With whatever that, in context, whatever you can give. You're talking about this project. Yes, <laughs> about this project. Okay, so Scrolls of Honor focuses on two, um, uh, two students. The protagonist and in my character, which is Jia Long. Um, and really, it's about the succession of... of who becomes the the new teacher of the school after their their sifu passes away? Right, and that is, I mean, that I would say that's the the main conflict, the plot of the story. Mm-hmm. It focuses on these two students, right, and um, who should be the rightful heir, essentially. Right. So, 
small-scale Game of Thrones. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Very small-scale Asian Game of Thrones. Now, how in do a sense. You, now, how do you? How, no, except no incest. Right, for sure. <laughs> and and how are you preparing for uh you know for this role and for this project? Um. Well, I attend as many training sessions as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watch. I watch films like I watch some kung fu films to help with, you know, just like kind of like get a visual aid for the technique that I need to have. Right. Um, and then with the acting portion of it, I, you know, I read the I read the lines and I had an idea of how I wanted to portray the character. Like it just like when I read the lines, it, it kind of I kind of will come up with. Um, a character as I'm reading the lines, mm-hmm. like I basically, it's it's gonna sound so cheesy and so no, pretentious. Please. I like, I read the lines uh, first just to go through, and then I'll read it again, and I'll just let it come to me what the character, what I see the character is through the words. Okay. Because you can, for me, I like to let the words kind of determine the character, and it sounds so cheesy. It, it sounds like I should be on behind the actor's studio or whatever. <laughs> whatever that show is called with uh, Lipton. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel like I'm one of those guys now. I'm like, no, don't be pretentious. <laughs> but it, it, sounds like, it sounds like, it sounds pretentious, but that's essentially how I kind of approach it. It's like, I will look at the lines and I read them, I say them how I'm reading them. Like, right. There's like, it's like a, um, I, like in my head, like I will, like envision like how these words, how I interpret them. Right. And so I say them like that. And then it's up to the director to, you know, guide me if I'm on the right path or if I need to go a different path or if I need to scale it back. Right. Um, I like, I mean, that's, and I think that's the theater kid in me because that's what I'm used to. Yeah. Like I'll read to the best of my ability and if it's the right thing, um, the director will push for that. And if it's, you know, if they want a different direction, they'll guide me in the direction that they want me to go. I see. Um, so that's what I'm used to. Like, I'm, I was lucky to where uh, what I had been reading and what I've been giving is pretty much what uh, Jimmy and Aurelio are looking for. Jimmy and Aurelio being the writer and director of this project. Right on. And what are your experiences working with them so far? I like it. I like working with them a lot. They are very... Um, they're very collaborative. Mm-hmm. They're really, they're really nice guys. Um, you know, Jimmy has that martial arts background. Aurelio doesn't, but Aurelio is very open to uh, suggestions and ideas. And I find that this particular project is very collaborative. Everybody, you know, will, you know, has ideas. Um, they'll run it past um, Jimmy and Aurelio, and or Aurelio, and um, you know, they'll they'll give their feedback and you know. A lot of times we'll be like, okay, let's see if this works. Right. And if it works, cool. If it doesn't, you know, whatever. Right. You know, we'll move on. We'll move back. We'll we'll change we'll change the choreography to, to how we need it. And um, yeah, I, I I like the the collaborative spirit of this particular project. Everybody's very open and very um, open to sharing ideas and right. hearing ideas. Right. And um, you don't always get that. Sometimes it's my way or the highway and you know some people will like might like, they might 
direct with an iron fist and they want it this way, no room for discussion, no room for improvising. Right. Um, get these lines how I want them in the exact way I wrote them. Right. Which can be stressful and difficult at times, but you know, if that's the project, you know, I'm, like, I'm gonna do what you asked me to do. Right. That, as simple as that. I mean, you picked me, so if you're paying me, cool. You're, I'm gonna give you what you're paying for. I mean, that's, that's my attitude about it. Yeah. Um, if you're open to collaboration, if you're open to like hearing thoughts and if you're not that tied to it, I feel a lot better in those type of environments. Right. I feel like I could really give like a really good performance in those type of environments. Not that I couldn't do it the other way, but right. you know, it's, the other way can be challenging. To, to, to put it nicely. Okay. Now, I know that uh, in this movie, um, you know, it, there's a lot of action, a lot of martial arts. Um, we have spoken before that, you know, you said that uh, it had been a while since you've actually, you know, were actively training. Mm -hmm. So how did you compensate in the sense of like, okay, I haven't been training for a long time but I'm going to give it a go and I'm going to do everything that I can. So, so how did you prepare in that sense, you know, for this project? Um, I felt the best way to really um, prepare for that would be to really put in as much as possible in terms of the training portions of this project. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of rehearsals. We had a lot of time to, um, you know, work out. And I, you know, I've been, as you've seen for the past few weeks, I've taken advantage of being here at this facility. Um, I knew that in order for me to really do this without hurting myself would be to get back into shape and do what I can as far as stretching. Mm -hmm. uh, stretching was very, I know stretching is very important because if I do anything crazy, like if I throw out like if I randomly throw out like a tornado kick, yeah, I could hurt myself very very badly. Like I could I could pull a hamstring. I could I could rip my um, quad if yeah, I'm that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And nobody wants to do that, <laughs> um, especially with like inflation and hospital bills. You don't want. <laughs> no, no. I don't. I don't want to go to the <laughs> hospital. So I'm very aware of what my limitations are I'm very I'm for this project I became hyper aware I'm like okay I need to stretch as much as I can and you know work on work on my um, my physical health so you know whenever we're here I come early and I come and work out yeah so and that I think that's helped a lot um, thankfully I'm not you know a disheveled old man yet <laughs> um you know the pandemic has had an effect on my you know on my workout schedule right so, so it's like i'm not even in the same kind of shape i was say two three years ago but you know i'm in decent shape um and plus you know my workout routine here was okay it's not the it's not going to be the same as when i was working out before Right. Uh, when I was working out before the pandemic, that was just working out to work out for the most part. It's, you know, stay healthy, but also I was focusing on b 
bodybuilding for the most part. Okay. So my my workouts were more geared for you know growth of muscle. Yes. Um, now my my workout routines have been more focused on uh, getting in shape. So it's more I'm, my focus was not on muscle growth. So I'm a lot leaner coming out of the pandemic. But then coming here for this project, I've toned some for okay. the most part. And, okay. you know, it's been, and it's been more working on things to help with my flexibility. Um, because I really, I'm really, I'm just going to say I'm really afraid of hurting myself. There you, yeah, no. Because <laughs> sure. like, I'm getting up, like, I'm, not, I'm not exactly a spring chicken anymore. I'm not old, but I'm not exactly like, super young. Yeah. I can't just like, do like, a four-foot jump and in, in roll and just shake it off. Yeah. Like, I would probably hurt myself if I even tried to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I'm aware of what I can and can't do. And um, if I don't know if I can do it, I'm going to try it. And if I don't feel good about it, I, I, I'll just tell them I can't do it. Yeah. Like with, uh, I actually last, I don't remember if it was last week or not, but, oh yeah, you were here. Um, <clears throat> I had mentioned doing a kip up. Yeah, for part of the um, the uh, choreography, the fight choreography, I thought it would be cool thing to add in, and it's something that you see a lot in martial arts films. But I hadn't done a kip up in years. It, it'd been a long time. A long time. At the at the bare minimum, I'm gonna say five six years at the bare minimum okay. because I really don't know. Okay. Um, so I tried it. You know, I put down extra padding like you like you suggested, and when I did it. I didn't do it very well, and it did not feel good. Mm. It was just like, oh. So you 86'd it. Yeah, I was like, I don't feel confident enough. I'm sure if I practice, like, I feel like if I had more time. Yeah. To practice it, then maybe. But I don't think that we have that kind of time, and I, and if I practice it at home, for it, for example, I'm gonna hurt myself. Yeah. So doing practicing it here, like maybe once a week, it might be difficult. Right, so it's like I don't feel comfortable because I really like I feel I really feel like I'm gonna hurt myself. What do you think about the uh, the cast of the project? I think the cast of the project's good. I mean, I think everybody's pretty talented. Um, You've actually worked with Mackie um, before. Oh yeah, several times. Yeah, yeah. Mackie's a good friend of mine. Um, I worked with her on a lot of projects with a. Uh, this director out in uh, Glen Burnie, mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, and I also met her through mutual friends as well. Like I met her through Monique. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'd worked on a lot of projects with her. A lot of like two of those um, one-minute shorts. Yep. I'd actually worked with her right. on those, and um, actually posted them on TikTok. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, I had worked with uh, her on. Actually, for three commercials for um, Commuter Connections. Okay. Uh, for specifically Commuter Connections Annapolis. Oh, okay. So you like if you went to the movie theaters out there at the time, you might have seen those commercials. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, I worked on our, on three commercials, bunch of projects um, with that one director. Yeah, with that one director. Yeah, yeah. and then um, she dabbles in photography, so she actually did my current headshots. Okay. Um, and I taught her how to photo edit. 
Oh, there you go. Because that was like the, a big gap in her, her repertoire for being a photographer was she just hadn't had the formal training. Yeah. So I gave her, like, I just went over to her house one day, one Saturday, gave her a crash course, and um, she bought me dinner. <laughs> so See, like, that was an even trade. Yeah, right even trade right there, because it's, <laughs> it's nothing to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like to tell people, if you're the master of Photoshop, you're the master of the universe. Yeah, Because you much. can you can make anything happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, the, in terms of photography. Yeah, <laughs> in photo manipulation. Right. Um, but yeah, I've I've known her for years, and oh. we worked on several projects together. Nice. And then you have other people like, um, well, we never worked together in a um, in a local film. However, yeah. uh, I do remember that on one day we actually worked together on House of Cards. Oh, that was the first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was the first time I did House of Cards. Actually, yeah, I actually forgot all about that. Yeah, that was yeah. season one. Yeah, it was like you, myself, and then there was um, Nate. Nate Nelson. Nate Nelson was yeah. there, and uh, there was this like uh, this Puerto Rican actress, Maria Mejias. That Vaguely she she remember? has like curly brown hair, and uh, yeah. Vaguely remember. But yeah, you know, it was yeah. we all worked together on. On that day, on that's on, right. Yeah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, Just yeah, com- yeah. Oh and, man. And then we have like you know other people like uh, obviously like uh, you know Jimmy Nolte, which mm. that you know this is his first, um, at least if I remember correctly, his first film and his first acting role ever. Mm. Then we have uh, Tom Cristosimo. Yes. Uh, we also have uh, John Ramundo. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all I can remember right now. Patrick, did you say Patrick? Pa- oh, Patrick, yeah, yeah, Patrick, yeah, Patrick. I mean, he's he's one of the the one percent not Asian. Yeah, he is. He is one of the one. Oh, of the he can actually say he's one of the one percenters. Yeah, he's part of the one percenters. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, pa- Patrick. Uh, I think it's it's not the same as Opitz. Opitz, yes, yeah. Opitz. I was like, oh, now I'm blanking on it too. No. No, and uh, no, great guy. Uh, he was actually here earlier today. Um, did a workout with him. Great guy. Um, yeah, but that's all the people that uh, that I know that's uh, in, you know invested in this and yeah. is uh, a part of this. Um, now that being said, um, one, where do you see you know Asian actors, and where do you see um, Asian films? Like you know, where do you see that going? Well, right now, I actually see Asian films going in a direction that I thought it was going to be going like 10, 15 years ago. Right. Like, I thought that what's happening now was going to happen back in like 2010. Okay, you're right, right. Yeah, because I mean, at that time, you like I said earlier, like, you know, John Cho was on the rise. He was getting he was getting roles. He was popular. Right. And uh, Daniel Day Kim was on Lost, which was at the time the biggest show on the, on the air. Right. Um, with John Cho, his career kind of went a route that I didn't expect, which was a lot of failed TV shows oh, and yeah. just like movies that were hit or miss. Yeah. It's like it was almost like he, for from no fault of his own, became a one hit wonder with Harold and Kumar. Well, not only that, but like that one series um, on Netflix that he was on, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, that's added to the list of hit failed projects for him. Yeah. Because like, and the sad thing is, I actually liked him in that role. I'm a huge fan of Cowboy Bebop. I liked him in that role. I was willing to give him a chance, and he, like him himself, was not bad. I actually 
like him in everything that I see him in. Mm -hmm. He's got like this weird, like, it's a, I'm not, for lack of a better term, I'm gonna say curse. It's not really a curse. It's just like a string of bad luck. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a curse that I equate to Ben Affleck and superhero movies. Mm. Ben Affleck in, in any superhero movie, I really haven't had a problem with him in those roles. He's just had the bad luck of being in terribly written movies. Yeah. Daredevil. Daredevil. Oh, God. See, that was the first one I was yeah, thinking. Daredevil, I didn't mind him as Daredevil. I thought he was decent. I thought he was okay. I kind of liked him. The movie, the theatrical cut was not good. No. The director's cut, however, still not on the same level as like what you get like today or for the past 10 years. Right. But the director's cut that came straight to DVD, that one was actually a much better movie. Yeah. To the point where I would say it's a decent movie. It right. Get, it gets one star back. It goes from a two to a three. Okay. Um, I mean, it still had its problems, but it took what was available as far as footage was concerned and made a better, coherent story. It cut out a lot of the superfluous romantic parts, but still did not diminish what they were, the story they were trying to tell with that aspect of it. They actually improved it. Mm. They, I th they, one of the scenes they cut out I think might have been part of the part where it started raining and he could see again. Yeah. That scene was shorter. Um, Electra's training scene was shorter, with the one with the sandbags. Yeah, And That's uh, Bring right. Me to Life. Yep. Um, but it was also randomly in black and white, that particular scene. I don't know wow. why. <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, but you know, there, there were cuts and extensions of, of several scenes and they reworked some stuff, and it, it like it just worked better as a movie. Yeah, like I thought, it was a decent enough movie. It was, it's still a movie of its time. Right. It's still that caliber of movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'd put it. I'd I'd probably rather watch that over Fantastic Four. Damn. <laughs> and I didn't hate the Fantastic, the first Fantastic Four movie. No, I didn't either. Yeah, I, I hated didn't. I hated Rise of Silver Surfer. That that was awful. I thought that was okay. I, I thought like the chase up until like after the chase scene, everything was cool. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it kind of I kind of lost interest. I was like, oh, this is the same stuff except now Galactus is there and he's yeah, a cloud. Yeah, and yeah, that that annoyed me. I mean, it, was, it was better than Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just one of those things where it's worked better after the director's cut. After the director finally got his way. I think though, like with um, <clears throat> with. Asian actors and Asian cinema, I think that, you know, for what it's worth, we're probably progressing. It, it took us a little while, but it's, mm. pro it's progressively getting there. Because I know, feel like we're 10 years late, but no, better but late than never. Better late than never, yeah. I mean, you got Sima, uh, Sima Liu um, from Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, yeah. You got Henry Golding. I no, no real hate. I just, there, there's some things, <laughs> there's just some things that I heard. So I'm like, I don't particularly like him. Plus, right. he's, he's, he's very, I'm just gonna say he's very green. Okay. He's very green. Um, I think what's, what works for him is that fact that he's got the English accent. Yeah, he's got, he's got that going for him so he can, he, he can play roles opposite people like Amelia Clark. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I mean, he's he's doing he's doing good work. I don't want to hate on him. I just I don't particularly care for for him. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then you have the people like, um, oh, what's his face? Uh, the guy from um, Steve was, Young. Oh yeah. He, oh, how did I forget Steve Young? <laughs> oh my God. How did I forget the him? Walking Dead. He, you know, he was a comedian, right? Yeah, I heard. Yeah. I, heard, yeah. I need to actually look up his comedy. I haven't seen it, but, you know, I could tell just by the way he carries himself. I'm like, yeah, I could see that. He's, I could see him being a comedian. I feel like he, you know, with his uh, style of acting, like he tries to put the comedian um, shtick in mm. a lot, especially in serious role circumstances. Because, yeah. mm. like, you know, like when you're like in The Walking Dead, like, you know, it's a serious type of situation, but he's trying to throw like a little light or you know yeah. comedy in the situation. When he was in Minari, I give him credit that he was in a movie that won an Academy Award for mm-hmm. best either actress or supporting actress. But I just felt like um, his role in that movie was a little bit flat. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, that's what I, that's just my opinion. Mm. Not to disrespect him because you know he he's you know one of the. Asian actors that are really like paving the way for us right yeah. now. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, he's definitely making strides for us. Yeah, you know, because you know we have so many uh, movies now that, you know, like like you said earlier, uh, you know, Rich Crazy Asians. Yeah. And uh, then you know you had uh, what was it, Parasite that won all of those Academy Awards. You know, oh that movie yeah. From, from South Korea, uh, Minari. Mm. Um, no, Parasite's a, it, interesting. It's it, Parasite's a little different. In terms of what we're talking about, right? Because it's a, it's it's an import, but you know it it still would have the same effect. Yeah, it's it is an international production that was gaining recognition at the academy. Yeah, at the, and it's it opens up more doors, and it opens it, it it opens up the American audiences to like movies that you that are not in English. Yeah. Um, to cinema that's not in English to, to read subtitles it's a big deal yeah. because you there's a lot of movies that you know American audiences miss out on yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of media that they miss out on because they don't want to read subtitles right. and I get it it's a little it gets a little tedious at times because you know I grew up in the states so I don't speak Tagalog um, it's just one of the things that can happen. Even though I was immersed in it my entire life, for whatever reason, I was one of those kids that never picked it up. Yeah. Um, I feel you, because so, I'm the same way about, you know, because yeah. I'm Vietnamese, um, American, you know, and I grew up here and I was born here. Mm. I never really picked it up, hardly ever. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel you on that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if you watch Asian movies, you, like, I know what it's like to have to read subtitles. It can get tedious. Your mm. eyes can get tired. Yeah. It's not a movie you can throw on and start cleaning the house. Yep. It's uh, it's something you have to pay attention to, and I've run into it several times. Where I'm like, oh crap, I can't just throw this on. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got to find something else because I'm cleaning. Right. I, I got to pay attention, and I want to see this. I, I need to get one of those Asian like uh, movies that are dubbed in English. Terrible dubbing English. Oh, they're not always bad. No. But, but there's a lot of times that if it's bad, it's terrible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like any any anime from the '80s. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Any anime from the '80s, you know the dubbing. It has its it has its charm, right? But depending on what the movie is, it's terrible. Okay, it's awful. I was acting. You know, it's funny. Before you uh, texted me earlier, I was watching Vampire Hunter D. Oh God! <laughs> I got. I was watching. I was watching a, a, 
uh, YouTube and like a video came on, they were talking about Vampire Hunter D and I'm like, damn it, now I gotta watch this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because it like, put me in the mood to watch it. I was like, shit, oh, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> there you go. Well, that being said, uh, this is the part of the program where we now do, and I have reinstated, it's a special challenge that I throw to all my guests. Oh it's, man. It's called the rapid fire. So this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna ask you various questions. Um, it could be true, false. It could be multiple choice. It could be fill in the blank. It could be one of those things that you just have to answer. So uh, I'll give you a baseline questions as examples, and I'll, and I'll and you know we'll just go from there. Like if I ask you, like you know, as an example, um, Coke or Pepsi, you could be like uh, Pepsi. Mm. You know, it tastes better because you know it's a taste of a new generation. <laughs> you know, um, uh, I could ask you something like uh, if you had 24 hours uh, to do whatever it is that you want, you could probably say something like. Well, all I, would, all I would do is just be at home and play video games and, and just chill and, and drink as much as Mountain Dew as I can. You <laughs> gotcha, know? Gotcha. Or I might ask you something like, you know, true, true or false. Uh, your favorite uh, Simpson character in The Simpsons is Marge Simpson. You might be like, true. I mean, that blue, ha tall hair does something oh, for me. Oh, man. It definitely does. <laughs> <laughs> you can hide so much stuff in there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So are you, Nelson, ready to take on the Rapid Fire Challenge? Ready as I'll ever be. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the point that, uh, you know, Nelson Greg Sason has decided to go 1v1 against the dreaded challenge. The, dr the dreaded, you know, questions of all questions here, the Rapid Fire Challenge. Oh, so man. here we go. All right. Dun, 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 dun. And we're going to start. Are the primary colors of yellow, blue, and red, my favorite primary color is? Red. Vans or uh, Chuck Taylors? Ooh. Even though I have the hat on, uh, Chuck's. Sir, all right, all right. I also worked at Vans, so, I mean, I have tons of Vans. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at Vans. That's fair, <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Um, Favorite sport to watch? Hockey. Okay. WWE or AEW? WWE. Okay. Uh, name one of the best faces in the WWE past or present that you like. Past or present? Uh, if, you, if you want me to be fair, I'll give you, instead of one, I'll give you three. Well, I mean, I'm going to use two of them. Okay. Punk and Brian da or Daniel Bryan. Wow. Okay. Name uh, the best heel in the WWE past or present. Best heel. Um, you know, just because I'm having a hard time thinking of past, uh, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. I think is currently the best heel. Okay. Okay. Let's go a little nerdum. If the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles decided to have a, fa a fatal four-way match, which turtle would win? Oh. <laughs> even though my favorite is Mikey, <laughs> even though he is my favorite, I'm going to go with Leo. Wow, okay. I know, bold choice. <laughs> yeah, that is bold. Uh, Rama one and a half or Dragon Ball Z? Dragon Ball Z. Wow, really? I, it's only because... The only way I was able to watch Ranma one half was 
finding a video rental place that actually had videos of it. Oh wow! Yeah, because I never, I never knew it was on American TV. Uh, by this connotation, apparently it was. Okay. <laughs> so I, I never, never saw it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, if this, if this was actually the world of Pokemon, did you actually catch them all? I did on the first generation. Wow. <laughs> If this was the world of Pokemon, this, if this was Gen 1, I did. Okay. Okay. Uh, between um, the cuisine of Vietnamese food, Chinese food, Japanese food, or Korean food, what is your favorite? Oh my god, that's such a hard question. I, I, my, first, my first inclination would go Japanese. Okay. Okay. Now here's another one building up on Japanese. Instant ramen that's actually in a, in a styrofoam cup. Good or, or, or garbage? I'm going to say garbage. <laughs> but it doesn't mean I'm not going to eat it. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair. Um, what is your favorite app to uh, use when it comes to listening to music? Oh, see, now I'm, I'm going to be basic. Um, I actually just use the, the regular Apple Music app. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I have a subscription to Apple Music, so I'm like, why wouldn't I use that? Though, there is another app that I do use to play music every so often, but it's more of an aesthetic thing. It's called, um... oh shit, I actually can't remember the name of the app anymore uh, right now, because you can't actually get it anymore. Mm. Uh, I think it was Rounder. Um, they follow me on Twitter. I, I like making skins for them, because basically, the reason it got pulled from the App Store was because it mimicked the uh, old school iPod interface. Oh, wow. So basically you had a virtual iPod on your screen. Right. And I could make skins for it, though I was limited because it only does black and white. Mm -hmm. um, but I could like put color and make graphics and, you know, and put stuff on there. So I could, you know, I could design something that's not just black and white, but the top and bottom need to be black and white. Black or white. Name last three musical bands or musical acts that you listen to on your uh, iPhone. Okay, so there's this one kid that I don't know how to say his name. Um, it's spelled J-V, I think C-K. Uh, he, he, just, he just had a song that's apparently going viral called uh, Golden Hour. What's his cultural background? Uh, he's white. Okay. Um, but it, it's like a poppy, like R&B-ish type. Um, song okay um there's another guy oh and i'm blanking on his name oh man uh, he did a cover of um um happier than ever by billy eilish okay but it was an r&b cover okay uh he only he took the the back end of that song and he made a r&b song out of it where you know she's talking about you know um you call me again drunk with your friends drunk uh uh, it, basically, there's there's a part in that song where it just goes from like one style that Billy does, and it goes to more of her style mm. uh, on the half, the back half of her um, of that song. Um, I can't remember his name; it's killing me, and I can't look it up because I'm going live right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll, and, we'll just go with that. Okay, and then we'll one, more, that. one more, one more, one um, more. I don't know why recently a lot of like not 
current but slightly older Ariana Grande has been coming up on my uh, okay. on my shuffle. All right. Yeah, on All shuffle. Right. But you know, like she has some songs that I actually really really like. Like I did like her first album. Um, I think these are songs coming off of her second album that keep popping up on shuffle because I just keep my phone on shuffle. Okay. Um, yeah. So those would be like the last three, I think. Okay. Unless you count the wonders. Because I did, I did download the soundtrack to that thing you do after the last time I watched the movie. That that was a good movie. Yeah, like, I, I, you know, it was funny. I, I, I watched it and I'm like, do I have the soundtrack? And I never downloaded it. And I've loved that movie since it came out. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I did too. I was in middle school when that came out. That yeah. was like eighth grade for me. Liv Tyler, man. Yeah, oh, man. Oh man. All right, liquor or beer? I'm more of a beer person myself. I would consider myself more of a beer person. Because like with liquor, I, I, I like two drinks. I like white Russians and rum and Cokes. I see. Beer of choice. Uh, it's a beer called Purple Haze. It's okay. by a company called Abita. Okay. It, it, generally in beer, are you a more of a domesticated guy or are you more of an import guy? I think it would, I would be more of a domestic guy, but the type of beer that I like are wheat beers, like Hefeweizen. Okay. So, you know, like your Blue Moons, your, your Shock Tops. Um, uh, my, the, my beer, Purple Haze, is a raspberry wheat. Okay. Name three of your favorite movies of all time. Ooh. Easy yet hard, because now i got to think. Uh, Pulp Fiction definitely is my number one. Yes, okay. Um, the Crow is definitely up there. Awesome. Um, and we'll go with... Um, Favorite Disney movie? Favorite Disney movie? Oh man, um, any Disney movie or yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's real life or animated. If I had to pick, or if you can pick one from like from both, if you wanted to. Okay, so my favorite animated. I don't know if I want to go Lion King or Aladdin. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Aladdin. Okay. That's my favorite animated. My favorite live action, and it's gonna be a really obscure choice. Sky High. Okay. I thought that you were gonna pick the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, okay, so I don't have the same connection that everyone <laughs> does to the Mighty Ducks because I never saw it as a kid. What? I saw it as an adult. And I, don't get me wrong, I, I like that movie a lot. I love that movie. Because like like when I told my friend I hadn't seen it, he made me watch them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love those movies. I would have loved them as a kid. I just, for whatever reason, I never saw them. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't have that same kind of connection to it. Because like the live action Disney movies I saw as a kid were things that my mom loved. So like she showed me like bed knobs and broomsticks. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah, uh, yeah. absent-minded professor. Absent-minded professor, yeah. Um, stuff like that. Okay. So, obviously, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah, yeah Gotta yeah. love that. Um, let's see, where are we going with this? If you couldn't work with one actor and one actress that's out there in Hollywood right now, who would you like to work with? Oh. That's a good one. Um, you know... I'd really like to work with Liz Gillies. Okay. I think she's a fantastic actor. Um, 
it's funny because like I I saw her in Victorious when she was on Nickelodeon. Yeah. yeah. So it, it like I came I stumbled across that show just because like one day I was putting together an entertainment center, and I was I had the TV on because I I need some background sound, and uh, like I originally put it on because Kung Fu Panda the series was on. I'm a huge nerd. I like watching just random shit. In yeah. Kung Fu. <laughs> At the time, Kung Fu Panda the series. I'm like, okay, I can put that on and just have to work with. And then it just turned into Victorious, and it was like a marathon. And I'm like, this is actually a pretty fun show. It's like Saved by the Bell, but with musical numbers. Yep. <laughs> and then, um, then I saw some of the other stuff that she did, like um, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. I saw a couple episodes of. Um, I saw clips of uh, her on Dallas. And I'm like, she is like... Like seeing her range, I'm like, wow, you're a really good actor, like really good. Like yeah. I think she's really, really good. So I'd love to work with her. Um, now, actor of the male gender. Actor. Um, I think I would like to work with. Um, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a toss up between. Brad Pitt and Matt Damon. Okay. I'm gonna go with Brad. Like I could go either way in all honesty, but I'm for for the sake of choosing one, I think I'm gonna go with Brad. Okay. Okay. I mean, because he's he, you know he's a, by, at this point he's a legendary actor. Right. He's been in several movies like that I remember just like watching growing up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, seeing his progression, because, you know, in the beginning, he was just, you know, he was, he was an it boy for the most part. Like, mm. you know, he was just, he was the hunky heartthrob that people cast him and stuff. Yep. And now that he's older, you can see that he's gotten the chance to really actually spread out more as an actor. Mm. Like, you could take, like, like, you can compare him to, like, uh, Interview with a Vampire and Moneyball, and those are two completely different actors. That's right. That's right. Completely different actors. But he can still do the fun stuff like World War Z, um, Inglorious Bastards, even though I didn't like that movie. Mm. But yeah, I mean, and just to throw something else in there, a director I would love to work with, but he might probably be retired by the time I'm at the level to work with him. I would love to work with Quentin Tarantino. Ooh, yeah, there you go. But I mean, that's because I grew up watching his stuff. Right. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Though I saw Pulp Fiction first, so I'm a Pulp Fiction fan. They're, no, that's yeah. fair. That's but fair. yeah, I like Reservoir Dogs. Like, I'm a fan of... Jackie Brown? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of all of his movies, though there are uh, there are some that I like more than others. There are some that are on the bottom of my list. Like, um, Inglorious Bastards is on the bottom. Not through any fault of that movie. It's just, for whatever reason, that I just wasn't big on that one. Mm-hmm. Um... Death Proof definitely worked its way down my list because that was a movie that I liked, but then the more I saw it, the less I was into it, if that makes any sense. It, and it's not that I think it's a bad movie. I mean, some people would say it is, but um, it's one of those things like, I like his other work more than these works. Mm. So, Favorite genre movie? I would go action. Okay. I would say action, yeah. All right. Here's an interesting one. And the best actor goes to Nelson Greg Sason. You just got your award for best actor. You just got this, uh, the trophy. 
you know, for the Oscar trophy. Uh, where are you going after that? Where, 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 where is Nelson going? Ooh. Is he going to party or is he going home? You know, I'd probably go out and party. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, I don't know. You might, I might be on a jet to Japan, hey, going to Tokyo. There you go. <laughs> there you go. My man. Yeah. My man. Um, Asian actors, should there be solidarity or is it every person for themselves? I think there should be some solidarity. Um, I mean, obviously, you, if, you, if you are getting an opportunity, you're going to take the opportunity. But I don't see any reason for Asian actors to be like rivals or, or you know, enemies or anything like that. I mean, I think, I think there should be some solidarity, but, you know, I think we should also understand that, you know, we are competing against each other. Yeah. But there's no reason to be ill toward each other. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, just, you know, just we just have to have that understanding that, you know, there are roles that we're going to be, that we're going to compete for. Mm. And I have that understanding. Like, I'm, I will probably be in competition for some roles with you, but I, at the same time, I might not. Like, it depends on what, what the role is calling for. If right. it's open-ended, like, my stature is not the same as yours. You're, I'm pretty sure you're taller than me, um, and you're a lot bigger than me. I weigh, right now, I weigh 165. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of on this. <laughs> I'm on the smaller end. I'm not the shortest guy in the room, but I'm not the tallest either. No, but you're 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 at a good you're at a good you know dynamic. Yeah. You know you're at a good physical dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. If there is a person that is new to acting and had asked you for advice, what advice would you give them? Stay humble and work hard. Um, let your you're going to get the opportunities if you work hard. But you want to stay humble because it's very easy to really make an ass out of yourself, just in general. I mean, just in life in general, it's really easy to make an ass out of yourself. Right. Just go on TikTok, scroll for a little bit. Right. You'll see a bunch of people that make themselves look like assholes. Right. Um, but if you're serious about acting, you want to work hard and you know be gracious be humble and you know have but at the same time be confident in your abilities right um always be willing to like learn i mean and that and that, honestly that's just like good it, that's just good advice and for life yeah but for acting specifically that's what i think i would give someone new this is something that i think you would appreciate and it actually involves somebody that we know so here okay we, here we go um, the actress, um, Ali Lukowski. Okay. Work with her in a heartbeat or not, not yet? I would work with her in a heartbeat. I think she's a talented actor. I really liked that, uh, the idea of that one Grindhouse film that she did all those years ago. Mm-hmm. But I never got, you know, I never got around to seeing it because I don't know where I can get it from in all honesty. Right, right. Um, but also Grindhouse movies were really big back then too. But I thought she, like, from the the um, the few clips that I've seen, because I haven't really gotten a chance to see a lot of clips, because mm-hmm. she's done a lot of, like, independent stuff. So some of that stuff's really hard to come by unless you know where to get copies or see the, the films or if, they're, or if there's anybody doing screenings of their 
20-year-old movies and charging people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking about anybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about anyone in general. No, that, that, we're, we're stricken that from the record. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to cut that out. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, and for... Okay, so this, this part might sound pretentious. Uh-oh. It might sound pretentious. You know... And I think it. I think it's something I picked up in theater, and I don't know when or why. Mm -hmm. And I don't do it maliciously, but you know, with actors, I I do give them like a good once over. Like I like I look them up, and I and I look at how they carry themselves, and I will make the. I'm gonna say presumption mm -hmm. until proven otherwise, whether or not they're good or not, like oh. or how good they are. Yeah. So with Allie, I look at how she carries herself, and I looked at how, you know, she acted around acted around people, and I I surmised that she's probably very good, uh, and from the little bit that I've seen, she's definitely good. I would definitely love to work with her, if if not just to see how good she is. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you know she would probably be very good to work. Uh, with and work across. Yeah. You want to give Allie a quick shout out? Hey, Allie, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And here is an interesting, but this is going to be the final question. You, sir, are actually about to go to dinner and there's a table and you notice that there's three available spots on that table where they're going to be your dinner guests. Who would actually fill up those spots? Now, they can be uh, either dead or alive. They can be famous or non-famous. They could be people that you know personally, but you can only choose three. Who would you choose? Why would you choose them? And how do you, and what do you think, like how that whole conversation would go? Hmm, that's a very interesting question. Um, Okay, this is going to sound... Well, well, it's going to sound like I'm a mark. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to sound like I'm a fucking mark. Um, just because this is the first thought that I had. Mm. I would have my two best friends, Tyler and Josh. Okay. <laughs> You're going to laugh. And then the fourth guest is Shawn Michaels. Oh, HBK! <laughs> Just because we're all, like, all three of us are, like, big marks for HBK. So, and this is, like, the first thing I thought of. And, like, I could do, I could do so many different things for this dinner. Right. So many different things. But well, I thought, let's keep it simple and markish. <laughs> there you go. Would you attempt to hit Shawn Michaels with sweet chin music? No, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> But I don't think that he'd have a fun time. <laughs> I don't, I just, like, I don't know, how, I really don't know how that particular dinner would go. Right. Mainly because it's like, you know, you, as a wrestling fan, you've heard stories about how he was in his youth. Right. You hear stories about how he is now. Right. And I met him once. I met him at a book signing when he came out with that one book, um, where he talks about like you know his downward spiral and his redemption and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was called Wrestling for My Life. Yeah, or something, like yeah that. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so meeting him 
he seemed very, like, beat. Like, he was, like, not like he was worn down by life. It just, like, seemed like he was very, very tired. Yeah. Uh, probably from traveling. And me being a fucking HBK mark, <laughs> um, I didn't know what to say to him. And I got completely thrown off by the Borders employee because I was buying two copies of the book. I was buying one for myself and one for Tyler for his birthday. And I, I was trying to ask if he could sign happy birthday uh, Tyler in one of them. And then the, the Borders employee jumped in. Oh, he can't do that. He can't do personalized. He's only doing this and that. And like, he basically threw me completely off. Mm. So I'm like, I didn't know what to say. And I was like, how was your trip? <laughs> that uh -oh. was the ride in. Like I didn't say any, I didn't say anything of worth. Oh man. Uh, and, uh, you know my my uh, my friend Josh uh, was right behind me, so and he had his son who was like I want to say like seven or eight at the time. Okay. Um, his son is named after Shawn Michaels. Oh, his wow. name is Shawn. Okay. He didn't get Michael for the middle name because his his ex wife nixed that. She was like, no, mm mm. No, you get you get Sean. You're not getting Michael. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I actually forgot what his middle name is at the moment. But um, yeah, so he he got at least he got this. Uh, you know, say, oh man, you know, I'm a huge fan. You know, your your story inspired me to be a better man, uh, a better father for my child. And then Sean gets to go like, I was named after you. So yeah, like I saw all this, I'm like. That's such a better conversation than what I had. <laughs> such, so, so it's just like, he's like when I talked to him, he seemed kind of grouchy, but that's probably because he was traveling. So I really don't know how that dinner would go. Mm. Uh, I'm, I would imagine it'd be very Markish. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Nelson, you have now completed uh, the rapid fire challenge. Uh, you actually did very well. You did very well. Um, you know, not too many tangents. Not too many tangents. <laughs> But uh, this is going to be the part of uh, the, uh, the podcast interview where I'm going to go ahead and let you go ahead and say whatever you want to say. If you got like a couple of shout outs, you can go ahead and shout out people, whatever you want. Um, if you want to actually say, you know, what's going on in your life, if you have any future projects that you're going to be involved in, if you want to drop, uh, you know, hey, this is my social media uh, now's the time to do it. So the floor is yours. All right. I mean, I'm on all major um, social media. It's at Future Ryo, all one word. That's uh, R Y O at the end after the word future. Um, any shout outs? Uh, shout out to Breastfeeding Moms Club, uh, which is my friend's wife's side hustle. She makes t shirts and stuff for, um, you know, new moms. And then. Um, Oh my God, Mackie's gonna kill me. I want to shout out her thing, but I can't remember. Oh, Momverse. Momverse is another thing that she does. Well, I think it's on hiatus right now. She doesn't really have have a lot of time, you know, with this project, work, and then you know, getting over her health problems and you know, actual parenting stuff. Mm. So she hasn't had time to do that in a while. Um, Geeks and Noobs podcast. Uh, uh, there's a guy, uh, uh, not Future Beard, uh, Super Beard, uh, Vince. He's a cool guy. Um, I mean, outside of prod, like outside of that, like I don't really have anything pro going on right now except for um, our there's project, Scrolls of Honor. Scrolls of Honor. Yep. Uh, can't wait to see that uh, finished product. I think it's going to be 
an awesome, awesome project. I think it's really going to be really cool, and uh, I can't wait to see what it looks like all done. Man, yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, all I have to say is that uh, you know when that happens, when we are officially wrapped, I, you know, there's got to be some kind of like celebratory party. So, oh, real quick, sorry, I forgot. I just remembered one more. A strawberry, strawberry cough podcast. That's my. Uh, my friend Tyler, the comedian, former comedian. Yeah. Uh, that's his podcast that he does. Uh, quick shout out to that too, sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. But all I have to say is number one, uh, to Aurelio and to Jimmy of uh, Scrolls of Honor, please understand and you are, are, are being on call right now that once we are officially wrapped, we better celebrate. Oh so, yeah. So yeah, we better have some kind of like, cool like party if, if it's not a big party maybe like an intimate party a get together eating drinking whatever you know what i mean so that's number one we're gonna come here it's gonna be like kumite oh jeez. Oh, you hear fight to survive start blaring over the loudspeaker you know what i, I, I if, it, if it was jimmy versus aurelio i i i dropped 50 on jimmy oh yeah definitely I i'm really, sure i'm sure if i had to compete i'd lose I, I, i'll say this aurelio i'm sorry dude you know i love you man but uh you have like zero martial arts experience so <laughs> I can't, I can't, you know, invest in, you know, a questionable thing. I need, I need a sure thing. I need, I need winners. I need the ones that actually hit you in the chest and drop you within like two seconds kind of winners. I mean, yeah, I'm safe money is on Jimmy. I mean, his slaps hurt so bad. Does it ever? Oh, oh my man. God. He smacks my arm and I'm just trying, I'm sitting there trying not to make a noise. I'm like, don't be a bitch, Nelson. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> Smack. Ah, oh, shit. God. <laughs> Speaking of Jimmy, Jimmy, I want to throw out like a, a, a an open invitation, sir. I would love to have you on my podcast. It would great. It would be great to talk to you and get to know you, and to you know understand your your martial arts background and just you know how this project of Scrolls of Honor uh, came to be. You know what I mean? So, open invitation, Jimmy. You know. I would love to have you, sir, but uh, I'm going to do it on your time and on your terms when you are free. Uh, Nelson, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. Oh, thanks I for mean, having me. Yeah, it's it was overdue. It yeah, was overdue. Definitely. But you know, if there was somebody that wanted to get you know like an actor of a of the male gender, mm. and especially you know one being of Asian, you were definitely number one on the list. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what's going to happen because we are now officially wrapped and, uh, you know, it is it is about that time to say goodbye to, to all my family, you know, M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-C. Yeah, uh, you would actually think after two seasons that I would actually have the closing procedures done right. You no chance. Checklist, man. You no gotta have a checklist. I have to have a checklist. You gotta have a checklist, man. So let's just go ahead and do it. Um, you can find your boy on Facebook. Just go under the search bar and put up the Kim Hwang Podcast Experience. Hit enter, and I'm there. Go ahead and like it, follow it, and it'll be a, a, a balls of laughs. And, and I tell you, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't updated it yet, but it will be updated soon. I do promise you. I am also on other social medias such as Twitter and on. Uh, Instagram and most recently on uh, let's see uh, TikTok. Yes. So on TikTok, it's uh, Kim Huang MD actor. Uh, for Twitter and for Instagram, it's TKHPC experience. All in one word, no spaces. 
lowercase letters. Follow me, I'll follow you back. Uh, we are on five podcasting platforms. We are on Anchor. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Podcasts. And we are on Amazon Music. Now, this is the part where I throw in a request because, you know, you got, you got to help an Asian brother out here. So here, here it is. If you are listening to this on Spotify, please give it a five-star ranking. I would definitely appreciate that. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, uh, number one, please give me a five-star ranking and give me an excellent written review. And the purpose behind that is when you actually give uh, good rankings and written reviews, in this case, let's say, for Apple Podcasts, it will actually populate to the front of the podcasting community. People will actually see it. And then you could probably go, oh shit, that's that podcast that uh, my dude was talking about, the Kim Wang Podcast Experience. And similarly for, um, for Spotify, if you give it that five-star ranking, most likely it will be thrown at the head of the class. So if you can do that, I appreciate that. If you want to be a special guest, if you want to be a special guest host, if you have any, um, you know, grievances that you want to air out, and or if you have any constructive criticism, hit me up on the email, the Kim Huang Podcast Experience at gmail.com. Uh, if you email me, that's great. Just make sure on the subject box you tell me what it's all about. I'll read it. I'll respond back to it within 24 hours. Uh, because I do like correspondence. Just, that's just how I roll. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a wonderful, wonderful experience that I've spent with you all to actually cook up another great episode of the Kim Huang Podcast Experience. Guys, uh, please be safe out there. Uh, make great decisions. Make safe decisions because it doesn't do me any good if your ass actually dies on me and you actually land in a pine box and get buried six feet under. We don't want that to happen. No, 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 no. We want good things to happen to you. We want you to live life. We want you to love it. We want you to take advantage of it. We want you to seize the day. We want you to be safe because, you know, at the end of the day, um, you guys are worth it. You know what I mean? You're absolutely worth it. You know, you matter and uh, you can actually change the world. You know, you just gotta believe. So that being said, from the uh, from Annapolis Junction over at the Kicked Up Dungeon, uh, for my guest, the Asian sensation uh, Nelson Greg Sason, I am your oh, I am your boy, the other Asian sensation <laughs> Kim Huang, uh, coming at you live once again from uh, another great time and another great episode of the Kim Huang Podcast Experience, guys. Thank you so much. I love you guys very much. Uh, I appreciate the love and support. And, uh, you know, this is season two, so we're still going to be kicking it in the high gear. Uh, the calendar year is not over yet, so we will have more banging content. So for the one time, for the one time, I just want to say uh, much aloha and love, and uh, we will catch you on the next one. Deuces, we're out. <laughs>